Hi everyone, welcome back to Understand the Bible and in this video we'll be thinking about Matthew chapter 3, about John the Baptist preparing the way. Now have you ever been in one of those situations where you, you suddenly find that the boss is coming to visit and you're in a panic and you think, oh gosh, I've got to get things ready, I've got to make it look like I was doing some work, I've got to make it look like I'm doing some useful stuff here and make everything sort of as good as possible to, to portray me in the best possible light, uh, all of that kind of thing. It happens all the time. I remember a few, we uh, a few years ago I was in a meeting and um, our church has a church school attached to it and I was in this meeting and there was a call and the vicar's uh, wife came in and, and she said the church school is being offsteaded tomorrow and the vicar then had to sort of dash off and go and help the school prepare for the the you know the offstead inspectors coming or you might think of something like Star Wars you know I often have this in mind actually that scene in Star Wars at the beginning of Return of the Jedi when Darth Vader's coming and he says the Emperor does not share your optimistic appraisal of the situation but he asks the impossible I need more men then perhaps you can tell him when he arrives the Emperor's coming here that is correct commander and he is most displeased with your apparent lack of progress. We shall double our efforts. I feel sorry for the poor guy, actually. You know, we shall double our efforts. Oh, who would like to do that with the emperor? Well, um, anyway, so we're looking at Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 to, uh, 1 to 12. And I'm not going to read out the whole passage, as usual. If you would like to read the passage, then I'll put the link down in the description below, and I, I do recommend it. I'll put the link down in the description below, and you can click on that and you can read it. Pause the video, go and read it, and then you can come back. I'll just read out uh, bits and pieces of it. So John, this mysterious sort of figure, he just appears out of nowhere. And it says, in those days, John the Baptist came, and presumably the people who were there, he would have been a pretty famous figure. And so just saying John the Baptist, everyone who read this would have been, ah, yeah, I know who that is. And he says, he preaches this message saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Now, repent was a word and is a word which means to turn round. In fact, I think it originally derived from a military term, you know, as if you're marching in one direction, you repent and you turn back and go in the opposite direction. It just means do a 180 degrees turn, just go back in the complete opposite direction. And that's what John means, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. He's saying, look, heaven, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is drawing near. And of course, we know that that, that is in the, in the form of Jesus. He's saying, you've got to be ready. You've got to repent. And, and repentance is really what this his whole message was about and we'll see that as we go through and so it says this was uh, to, to fulfill what was spoken of with the prophet a voice of one calling in the wilderness prepare the way for the Lord make straight paths for him so what Isaiah prophesied was that there would come one who who came before the Lord who came before Jesus the Son of God and would prepare the way for him now, why did Jesus need the way preparing for him? I think it is this idea of, you know, the boss is coming, so we better make sure we're all squeaky clean. 
we'd better make sure because he is going to want to see things in, in the right uh, way, see that we're doing the right things. Now, so we'd better sort out all of the, the wrong things with our lives for, for God, for the Lord uh, to come and be with us. And, and so this is this is the John's message. This is why he was proclaiming that message of repentance, saying, don't go the wrong way, go the right way instead. Turn to God's ways. Don't turn, uh, don't um, uh, continue on in your sinful ways. Turn instead to the right uh, God's ways, as God had told them before many times in the law, in the Old Testament, the Ten Commandments, all of the things. They knew the ways that God wanted them to go. And John says, you should be doing those things and not the sinful things that you are doing. And so it says people went out to John from all over the uh, well, all over the region of Judea and the whole region of the Jordan. They confessed their sins. They were baptized. John's baptism, I think, was just to, as a sign of, of cleansing and saying, well, you know, repent, cleansing. You need cleansing rather than uh, as with Jesus actually kind of being symbolic of the cleansing that Jesus offered. I think John's baptism was looking forward to that. Uh, and then he saw the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to him, baptizing him, uh, coming to baptizing. And, and he said to them, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not think you can say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe has been laid to the root of the trees and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Now, what? why was John so harsh with them? What, what was John intending when he said this? Well, the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees are, are well known in the Gospels for being hypocrites, basically. They, were, they had a sort of outward show of being religious, but they didn't really care too much about doing the things that God wanted them to do about loving other people in particular and loving God. You know, it's all about the external appearing to observe the law, but not actually being changed inside to love. And so this is why John is, is harsh with them. He says, look, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? He's saying that there is a wrath coming. That's why he was talking about repentance, because there is a day of judgment coming, a day of wrath when God will punish those who are disobedient. That is coming, he says. And so he says, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. He's saying, look, show that you have repented. Don't make all of these external um, kind of things that, that, that look, make you look like you're religious, but you've got nothing going on inside. Actually, you need to, you need to produce fruit. You need to actually change. You know, you need to, to not just have an external observance of religious things, but you need to repent inwardly and you need to show that by a changed life. Uh, and that's what he means. So he says, don't think that, you know, you can just say to yourselves, we have Abraham as your father. Saying, don't rely on being descendants of Abraham because God can, out of these stones, could make children of Abraham if he wanted to. But he says, look, the axe, the axe is already there. It's been laid to the root of the trees and any tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. He says, look, they were being like trees that didn't produce good fruit. They thought they were producing good fruit, but they weren't. Now, I think all of this is a warning to us. 
it's a warning that actually we may think that we're very religious we may think you know that being being a christian is about going to church or about reading the bible or about praying or about keeping the ten commandments and it, all of those things are important but actually what john would say to us is we need to bear fruit in keeping with repentance we need to show by our lives that we love god and that we we love others rather than just simply having a kind of external doing stuff if you like and we'll think about that more as we go through matthew as well this is something which comes up again and again and then john says look i baptize you with water for repentance so he's saying my baptism john's baptism is is different there is one coming and he uh, i'm not even worthy to, to carry his sandals or, or whatever he will baptize you with the holy spirit and fire so jesus would the baptism that john is performing jesus would be able to, to baptize with the holy spirit a deeper kind of change than than john could manage jesus could actually cleanse from sin in a way that john's baptism never could and that's because jesus could baptize with the holy spirit and also he says with fire you know with that judgment the fire of, of purification and the fire that can burn away uh, sin you know and that the fire which enables us excuse me the fire which enables us to escape uh, that judgment of God. He says uh, he, his winnowing fork is in his hand and he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. So what John is, is talking about there is Jesus's role as judge. That there is, uh, Jesus is the judge of all mankind and that we'll all have to give an account to him. And that Jesus, he stand, it's like he's standing at the door as the judge and he is going to come and destroy those who are disobedient and and judge our lives that is uh, what Jesus uh, John is saying is coming to do he's looking to how holy God is to how kind of perfect God is and how righteous God is and how God cannot simply allow our sin just to, to go unnoticed and to go unpunished you know God can't just overlook our sins and this is why John is talking about repentance. He's saying, look, you are going the wrong way. You are not bearing fruit in keeping with repentance. You, you need to actually change in order to do what is right. You know, God is, God is coming. Jesus is coming. You need to sort your lives out. You need to start doing more of the kind of things that he wants you to do in order to prepare you for that kind of cleansing which only Jesus can give. You know, Because John couldn't cleanse them. But John could just begin to, to tell them that this is the right direction to go in. And this is the message which uh, comes up through the rest of the gospel. So this is something which we'll come back, uh, come back to again and again. But this theme of repentance is really important. So that the first thing is that repentance is something we need to do day by day. You know, we all need to repent of our sins. We all need to turn to God. You know, this message, although we now live after, we, we know all about Jesus now uh, in a way that John didn't at the time, but we even now need still to repent and to turn to Christ every day. You know, forgive us, uh, forgive us our sins. We need to pray that uh, every day and we need that daily kind of renewal and help and strength to do what is right. You know, Martin Luther, who kickstarted the Reformation, you may remember, but uh, on the, his 95 
theses which he posted uh, to the, the door of the church in Wittenberg. But the first one of those was that when Jesus said repent, he willed that the whole of a man's life be one of repentance. You know, repentance should just be our attitude towards God, turning from sin, turning to God day by day, hour by hour. And the second important thing to remember from this is that it's not about the external things that we do. You know, it's not about going to church or reading the Bible even or, or any of those kind of external things. But it's about our hearts, about turning to God and asking him for his help in, in repenting, in living in the way that he wants us to, loving God and serving him. It has to be genuine. It has to come from the heart. You know, God doesn't want a people who look like they're all perfect, but actually inside they're not really very loving. But God wants a people who, are, yes, may be imperfect, but their hearts love him and loving others and they are growing in the right direction. I think one of the worst things, actually, that a church can be is looking like it's all perfect because you know that that will not, almost certainly not be the case. And as you know the expression, if you ever find a church that's all perfect, don't join it because you'll spoil it. Now, someone said that church is meant to be a hospital for the broken, not a museum for perfect people. And remembering that is so important. So we come to Christ knowing that we are broken, knowing that we, 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 our sins separate us from God, knowing that we need to repent and knowing that in Christ we find the forgiveness that we really need. And this is something that will come up against uh, again and again, going through what did Jesus come to do? We'll think more about this throughout the rest of Matthew. So thank you very much for watching this video. I hope that you've enjoyed it. If you'd like to see any of the previous videos in Matthew, then there is a playlist and I'll put the link to the playlist down below. Also, something new I've started is that if you'd like to join in the discussion, I've set up a discussion forum on the Understand the Bible website. And if you'd like to kind of um, explore the, the themes in this video a bit further, then there'll be a, a thread for this video over on the discussion forum. And I'll put a link to that also in the video down below. So thank you very much for watching everyone. And I look forward to seeing you to another one of these videos again very soon. Thanks very much. And God bless.